Now with the window open. This is Darian at the Padded Room Podcast. I am back for another week of bullshit. I am on my own tonight, inmates. There is nobody. There is no Jason. Jason, still out with some kind of a uh, cough slash head cold slash not feeling well. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I am not one to make fun of the disabled or the infirm or the sick or whatever. But I feel like I would not be doing my due diligence if I didn't give two scoops of shit to Buddy this week, who is out, confirmed, with pink eye. Ooh, you disgusting man. You took a poo-poo and didn't wash your hands afterwards, and then you rubbed your eyes, and now you've got pink eye, and I don't want you in my house, buddy. I am sorry. I love you. I love you dearly, but you <laughs> nasty fucking guy. Don't be coming up in here with pink eye, man. And don't... Hey... If you're over the age of seven and you get pink eye, you're officially a disgusting human being. Because why are you not washing your hands? I'm not one of these COVID freakazoids that thinks you have to wash your hands every 18 minutes. But after you take a shite, wash your fucking hands. And if you can't, maybe there's not a uh, sink readily available. Don't be rubbing your eyeballs, man. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking to yourself, Darian, uh, there's a good chance that some other clown that Buddy's been around had pink eye and he just passed it on to Buddy, which is very a very real possibility. But dude, I, I, I mean, again, we're talking about adults. And if you're an adult and you got pink eye, I think statistically, statistically speaking, it's because you took a duke and you didn't wash your hands afterwards and then you rubbed your eyes. You got little pieces of turd in your eyeball. Oh, God. That is so gross. Oh, I don't. I've I've had pink eye once in my life. It was before the age of seven, and I remembered it being absolutely miserable. And um, yeah, it. Uh, I had it one eye, and then I started rubbing it, and uh, then I moved to the other eye, and then both eyes were swollen shut. And uh, that was the last time I had pink eye. I think I was probably five and a half. So. I learned my lesson. I thought Buddy would have learned his lesson by this uh, ripe old age of his, whatever it is. I know he's older than me. Uh, apparently not. He's still taking dukes and not <laughs> washing his hands. Oh, God. I'm going to gross myself out. Uh, inmates, let's all give Buddy a ration of shit, literally and figuratively, for uh, getting himself an adult case of pink eye, which I feel like is, is uh, I hope it's worse, you know? 
I hope that when you're a kid, you get over it faster, and when you're an adult, you have to wear it like a badge, like a brown badge of poop. <laughs> As if to say, I'm a gross guy, everybody, look at me. All right, enough about Buddy, but I, I, hey, I gave it to him over the phone and over text messages today. Don't you worry about that, disgusting guy. Uh, that's about it. Well, it, it, you know, inmates, how are you? How are you doing? It's summer now. Uh, it has rained here in Reno, Nevada. Uh, I think, uh, what, probably five out of the last six days. We actually did not have any rain today, so I got some football practice in, thank Christ. Um, yeah, dude. It's rain. It, it did actually sprinkle a little bit, but it wasn't the torrential downpour. I had a barbecue on, uh, what was it, Sunday, I think? We all had to stay in my kitchen because it was raining too hard. The kids were here. They were going to go in the pool. Can't go in the pool. It's fucking raining. So wherever you are, inmates, I hope the weather is much more agreeable, uh, especially it being late June, and uh, you're not putting up with this torrential downpour horseshit. We've also, you know what, dude? We've also been plagued with a series of earthquakes. Is the world coming to an end? I don't know. Possibly. I ho- you know, I, I wouldn't be mad if it was. If, the wor- if we went out with a bang instead of a whimper, I'd be okay. All right. Enough about me and my depressing shit in Buddy's Pink Eye. Let's get into some horror business, shall we? We've got horror news. We've got listener mail. We have all the usual uh, things that we do here in the padded room. I know you love it. Let's start things off with a little horror news, if we could. Or if we would. Or if we, if we should. Should we do that? Should we start with the horror? Let's do the horror news. <laughs> horror news. Yes, horror news. Dudes, are you guys ready for the 10th installment in the Saw franchise? Now, let's talk a little bit about the Saw franchise, can we? Can we discuss it? Can we be rational adults about the Saw movies? Um, love them. I love them all. There are some weak ones. There are some weak ones in the franchise. Um, for, I, I think probably Saw 2 is my favorite out of the entire franchise. Uh, that hypodermic pit, don't get me started. Saw 1 was amazing. We all loved it. Um, I got a weak spot for, uh, Saw 5. We've talked about that at length. I'm not going to bore you again. Um, the first seven, I'm going to say, solid. Right? You got perpendicular stories, parallel stories, things happening on top of... It's like a layer cake, is what it is, of different torture devices, and who's dead, and who's alive, and who you thought was dead, and all that shit. Uh, Saw 9, officially titled Jigsaw. Ew! And then we have uh, Spiral, the Chris Rock installment from the Book of Saw, which I actually was not that mad at, except it didn't feel like a horror movie at all. It felt like a cop drama to me. Um, probably, probably a little, a little on the weak side, you know, as far as the franchise, the spectrum of the franchise goes. Um, I don't know where we're going with Saw Ten. I'm interested. I'm in. I'm a Saw guy. I have a Saw tattoo. Motherfuckers, top that. Um, I'm in, dude. Whatever it is, I, I'm I'm on board. Uh, I know a lot. Of, there's a lot of saw haters out there. That's fine. I understand that. Um, 
you can eat my ass. I'm going to go to saw. I'm going to go. I'm going to check out saw 10 and I'll probably buy the, uh, steel blo- steel book extended blu-ray or whatever the hell when it comes out what else do we have here final cut okay let's okay all right so what this is it's called final cut and it is a french remake of one cut of the dead now we've all seen one cut of the dead it's a great show horror comedy found footage um i want to say oh what is it polyponesian Filipino, perhaps. I'm not 100% sure. I realize that makes me an ugly American by not knowing my uh, Asian ethnicities, and I'm sorry for that, but whatever. Um, great show. Horror comedy. So here, here's, a, here's a, uh, a difficult conundrum that I pose to you. Remakes. A lot of us horror hipsters are going to say, no, you may not remake any movie ever. We only want new shit. And that's fine. I understand that. I don't agree with it, but I understand your stance. So what about foreign remakes of other foreign films? Think about that. It's like a double entendre, if that makes sense. I don't know if that does, actually. But it's like a uh, you're watching a foreign film. So it's, I mean, it is still a remake, but it's still a foreign film. So you got that going for you. Um, I don't know. I don't think we need a remake of one cut of the dead. And what are the French going to do that the original cast and crew didn't already do? You know what I'm saying? I'm on board. I will probably see what I'll, I'll give it a, you know, an attempt. I'll put an attempt in. This is what I'm going to say. I'm going to, I'll probably start it. And then at some point I'll be like, ah, fucking fuck this. But I will at least make a erstwhile attempt at uh final cut. What else do we have here? Trailers are up for, this just dropped today. So this is breaking news, amigos. Trailers are up right now for the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. I did not watch them. I did not watch them. I'm going to do a uh, a Jason Harrell on this one. I'm excited. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I What I'm hoping for is a much more horror version of, of Willy's Wonderland. I love Willy's Wonderland. I got the shirt. Uh, I bought the soundtrack. Uh, really, I only listened to the one song. The rest is kind of silly. Um, I love it. I got the I got the uh, extended edition Blu-ray right here on my shelf. Uh, what I will say is that for as much as I love it, horror, not horror, kind of somewhere in the middle, more like an action comedy with a silent Nick Cage. How can you go wrong? I want to see a full-on horror version of that uh, without Nick Nicholas Cage kicking any machine machinery ass, I guess. I've got high hopes. Uh, it's going to hit theaters and uh, Peacock, October twenty seventh of this year. So get ready for that. I'm I'm on board. I'm on board. I'm 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 excited for it. I played the game, the first one. There's like thirty five of these fucking things now. They're all on your iPhone. So the first one was creepy as shit. It's kind of boring, but uh, if you could play it under the right circumstances, scare the shit right out of you. Uh, David Cronenberg's The Shrouds has wrapped filming. Now, I um, I hate to be that guy that says I really like his early stuff because I feel like uh, whenever you somebody says that about a band or a director or an actor or anybody really, they're just being a doucher. But that's kind of how I feel about David Cronenberg. Um, what do you got? Um, you got The Fly. Great show. Remake. Another remake. 
You fucking assholes. How about that? You got, uh, what else? Shivers. Very horny movie, but a gr- I, thought, I, thought, I thought it was a great show. Um, you got other movies. Um, Scanners, of course, launched a franchise. Um, Videodrome. Uh, I don't know if I'm smart enough for that movie still, but I, it's interesting to see James Woods with a stomach vagina. Uh, but later stuff, you have like a history of violence. Not really Cronenberg in the Cronenberg fashion, but still a pretty good show. Then you have uh, Crimes of the Future. Don't get me started on Brandon Cronenberg. We're just talking about David Cronenberg. So this movie is wrapped filming. It's called The Shrouds. I assume it's going to be some body horror, James Bondy kind of a fucking thing. Um, I will probably check it out. I sat through Crimes of the Future, and it is very much a body horror, James Bondy kind of a fucking thing. Um, not a horror movie. I'm going to tell you right now, it is not a horror movie, but there is some nice TNA in there if you're interested in that. What else do we have here? Insidious the Red Door. I'm, I I was excited for it. I've got some bad news. It has officially been given a PG-13 rating for uh, violence and quote-unquote frightening images. If they're that fucking frightening, it would be rated R, inmates. Am I right? Now, I like the Insidious franchise. There's some good stuff in there. Uh, Insidious 2, I thought, is probably uh, one of the stronger ones. Um. Insidious 3, okay, now we're getting into prequel territory with, uh, what is it, uh, Tucker and Specs, more of a comedy thing. You got The Bride in Black, that's good stuff. Uh, you got Darth Maul in the original. There's there's meat on that bone. Um, what I don't care for is a PG-13 rating. I don't know why we have to keep making horror movies and then watering them down to a PG-13 level. I know why. It's because we want to get them in theaters, and we want to make it uh, okay for kids to go see them, um, you know, on a 15-year-old date night, which is fine. But, dude, come on. We're, hey, we're we're amongst family here. We're horror fans. We enjoy a rated R movie. We want to see some boobs. We want to see some ultra-violence. Some some gratuitous gore. Why not? Why not? See, what you're forcing us to do here is to turn to the indie market, which is the exact opposite of what Hollywood should be doing. I, I know what they're thinking they're doing. They're thinking they're creating new horror fans by catching them young and kind of, you know, indoctrinating them into horror land. And I'm, I'm okay with that. But, dude, you got to make movies for the horror fan, the, like us, the lifers. You know what I'm saying? All right, I don't know. I'm going off on a tangent here. I apologize. That, my friends, is all I have on the horror news. How about some listener mail? Listener mail. It's mail time. Female, female, listener mail. What have we here? We have some emails, some voicemails, some other things going on here. Let's kick things off. In Sydney, Australia, here comes our main man team. The main host from Horror for Dummies. You know it. You love it. You're a big fan of it. Don't act like you're not. I know you are. Subject line giggles. Hey, yo, you beautiful people. How's things this week? I'm sure you would have filled us in, but it's kind to ask. 
Excuse me, Tim. Oh, there's another one. Uh, Darian, you asked about Father's Day, and if we have it here in Australia. We do, but for some reason it's in September. Interesting. I mean, I get... Well, okay. Not, you, you know what? I kind of like that, Tim, if, if you ask me. Because uh, our Father's Day here in America is... Uh, I don't know. It's like the third Sunday in June. It's hot. It's miserable. Um, it's okay for barbecuing. There's like an annual... we usually do like a Father's Day barbecue, so we have that going for us. But if you ask me, I greatly prefer September for Father's Day. You know, you got football on. I know you don't have that there, but you have different, you have rugby or whatever that is. Um, But it's a little bit cooler in September. Oh, but your fucking seasons are reversed, aren't they there, Tim? Uh, I don't know what the weather's, well, it's probably springy in September. So, um... You know, I'm I'm sure it's about the same either way, Tim. Hey, happy Father's Day to you in September. I don't know why we can't all get on the same page with Father's Day or Mother's Day or any of it, really. I know we, we, we nailed down Christmas and Halloween and the big holidays. Let's let's get on the same team with all this shit, can we? Uh okay, okay, meat hook. Top three surgical horror films. To be honest, I have nothing new to say that hasn't already been mentioned. So number three, human centipede. Number two, Frankenstein. Number one, Bride of Frankenstein. I thought seriously, Tim, about putting Bride of Frankenstein on my uh, top, my, my three on a meat hook for medical horror. Um, I really, it was hard for me to get out of my flatliners state of mind, though. You know, once I zeroed in on that, and then that kind of led me into uh, antiviral and human centipede. But you understand what I'm saying. It's, it's still a great show, dude. Um, Terra Dome, man, I'm picking Dr. Giggles. No real reason. I just think his giggle is funny. Much love to you all. Good night, Tim. All right. That is two for Dr. Giggles in the Terra Dome. I also have everybody's online votes here. Um, thank you very much for writing in, Tim. You're a gentleman and a scholar, my friend. You already knew that. And that is all we have on the emails. How about some voicemails, you maniacs? Let's kick things off with our main man in Alabama. Here comes Alan. What's up? What's up, Alan? Everybody's doing good. I'm here. You feeling better? Maybe as a co-host. I don't have a anyway, I don't have Paradigm, Give me American Mary. Yes, sir. Uh, Meat Hook Surgical Films. What do you think? Uh... I don't know. Um, That's tough. You don't really think in terms of about number three, work. House of Thousand Corpses, because Doctor Satan. Doctor Satan, sure. I don't know what he was Two. doing down there, but he was a doctor. Um, huh. Tough one, right? Saw, because I mean, there's. You know, I don't know about that one. Number one will be American Mary. Okay. And Mr. Darian, are you Fido? I am. That's all I got. Y'all have a good one. You got me, Alan. Well done, sir. Has everybody seen Fido? It is a silly fucking movie. Um, I don't know what you want. You want you? <laughs> it's not, it's it's a silly fucking movie, man. That's all I can tell. These guys got a pet zombie, and uh, the neighbor wants to fuck it. <laughs> so there's that. Uh, yeah. Right on, Alan. Thank you for calling in, amigo. Uh, let's see. Let's get down to Southern California. Here comes the man with the plan, Mr. Tom Hardy. 
It's just me again. I do hope everyone is doing good. I'm fine. Real quick on the uh, terror. Yeah, what do you think? You know, I was disappointed in myself. I didn't get in last. I was disappointed in you too. But then when I heard the uh, impassioned plea from uh, he who cha chas behind the rose, uh, Alan Josh, I was glad I didn't get in because I was going to go the opposite way. Uh oh, uh, man! Convincing argument. Sure, you're right. Yeah, Jimmy Bones, vampire or not, stupid ass sweater. Oh, stop! Yeah. Jerry Dandridge should have died. But anyway, I'm well, going to go and you know, I'm just going to go with Doctor Giggles. Doctor Giggles, um, okay. Not a huge American Mary guy. Why not? Not a huge Doctor Giggles guy. Why? But, uh, I don't know. I just feel like that size of the uh, the doctor would uh, okay size would be bitch. enough for him to take the victory. I'll give you that. Um, onto the meat hooks there and uh, medical yeah, medical themes. And I I got to be honest with you. I don't think I'm going to give you uh, what you want on this. Okay. As far as, like I believe it's medical themed. Um, it's that's you know they're just kind of set in hospitals. Sure. I mean, you got of course. Uh, Huh. Yeah, damn, what was that quick with Jeffrey Combs? Reanimator. Reanimator, baby. Reanimator's got to be on there. Okay. talking about that. Sure. And, uh, Medical My school. number two, uh, I'm not sure if you've seen this slick, uh, Bad Dreams. I have, actually. I have seen this movie way too many fucking times. I have seen it uh, once or it twice. Might be, uh, it might be my I Am Zozo. Okay. Um, you know, I'm not mad at it. I know it's not great. But, I'm not uh, mad at it at all. For some reason, I really like this slick. Okay. I, it's got one of my favorite tropes. The uh, which one? You know, teens or whatever captured. Not captured, but basically they're they're imprisoned. You know, kind of like my number one, Nightmare on Elm Street. You know, they're not sure. free to leave. Okay, they're in like a uh, they're in a group setting, they're therapy kind of a something deal. like that. Yeah. So those would be mine: Elm Street Three, Bad Dreams, and uh, Reanimator. Bad Dreams, but um, hey, on the I'm gonna uh, go off on a tangent here on the educating department. Yes, sir. Come on now. Fuck, man. Come on now, Tom I feel like Hardy. I know this one, and I'm you not do know this. pissed off when uh, it comes out. Okay, give it but to I me. I did want to get in real quick with the uh, what are you looking Okay. I did get to catch uh, Wreck, the original Wreck. Oh, that's a good and one. And I said, you know what? I told the wife, hey, i got to practice my Spanish. So, sure. You know, I'm watching Wreck. I think I'm going to try that again. Okay. You know, for Without Wreck the subtitles. Three. But, uh no good. Eh, you know, good flick. Uh, I'm sure everybody's seen the original. Of course. I still think the original is actually superior, even with the uh, the uh, subtitles or what have you. But S- superior um, to the rest of the franchise. Yeah, you know, I thought it was pretty good. Another one that uh, I've caught. Uh, there's a couple of episodes on, and uh, yeah, GP Tom Hardy, as you are wont to do, my friend. Three minutes is the time limit, but you know what? You call back as many times as you like, and that's exactly what he did. G to the motherfucking P. G motherfucking P. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, baby. Anyway, um, you might have remembered this show. Uh, huh. It was on the Slasher TV channel. Oh. Or is that what it was called? The, I don't supposed rem- to be the, uh, the horror channel. Okay. But it was basically like mostly a bunch of sci-fi fucking rip-off type Oh, of uh, um, Chiller. And Censored. For some fucking of. reason, it was a cable channel. Yeah. And it, it was, was actually censored. It was actually owned by sci-fi. I can't remember the fucking name it of it. But anyway, it had this show on there. It's not 
it was a replay for them okay. called Todd and the Book of Evil. I love that that show. And uh, if you haven't seen it, it's now on Shutter, uh, Amazon. Oh, it's on Shutter too. God, I remember enjoying it when I saw it originally. I love it, but dude, you got to give this one a chance, man. This, dude, if you guys, they're like 20, 25 minute episodes. Yeah, it's kind of like a um, um, how would you say, like an Evil, evil Dead, Dead meets at uh, high school. And uh, you sure um, bloody. Bloody, exploding, of course, bodies. I love that like show. That. Me and Crude, my kids watch it. Teenage humor. I don't know. I'm enjoying it. Uh, like I said, I'm watching it again. I don't know about probably halfway through the first season. There's only two seasons, unfortunately. I and if I remember correctly, it it does end in a cliffhanger. It does. But, uh, and man, it's... give it a shot. Todd in the book of pure evil. I love it. Uh, highly recommend it. It's on uh, it's on the Amazon. I believe it's anyway, also on Shutter. Hope all is well. Love you, like family. Oh, huh. God damn it. What? All right, Mr. Brock. Yes, sir. I am trying to post a gift okay. onto the uh, onto the padded room website thing. Okay. And I keep trying to do it, and every time I do it, it comes out as a photo. Oh. So I don't know if that's something that I'm doing wrong or Mr. Harrell can look at. Yeah. So I'm going to try and time You're this. You're talking to the wrong Send guy. you the gift. Okay. And then maybe you can fucking post it. I got, um, I got you your gift. You remember that flick I talked about before called Slasher Party? Yes. And I mentioned that, you know, eh, it was okay, not so great, but there was a great fucking tip for the titler. Is that what you just I'm going to send me. it to you, and maybe you can post it on there. I will anyway, see what I can do. Anyway, well. love you like family. Bye. Love you like, lo- hey, love you, Tom Hardy. Thank you for calling in, my friend. couple of things I want to I want to talk about before we move on here. First off, bad dreams. Let me tell you something, inmates. Um... I think it came out in 1989. I could be wrong. It starred Richard Lynch, uh, the guy that played Chainsaw from uh, Summer School. Remember Chainsaw and Dave? He was in there. And Elizabeth Marshall, who I still have a crush on to this day. Uh, It also starred the chick that played Taryn in Nightmare on Elm Street 3. This was the movie that I watched that got me over being scared of horror movies and got me into just being the horror movie addict that I am today because it it wasn't scary um it wasn't good but it was good enough for me if that makes sense i've seen it many times bad dreams uh what yeah it's basically a another attempt to i, I feel now watching it now another attempt to jumpstart a franchise uh, you have Richard Lynch, who is this undead uh, leader of a hippie commune in which they all uh, did a mass suicide situation. But one chick got away, and now he's back from the grave to try to reclaim her soul and uh, kills all the people in the mental institution that she's in, to include Elizabeth Marshall, or Elizabeth Daly. Her name is Elizabeth Daly. You know who I'm talking about. She's now a Rob Zombie regular. Uh, she was hot in the 80s. I think she's still hot. Now, she played Sex Head in uh, 31. Uh, she also played one of uh, Charlie Altamont's prostitutes in uh, The Devil's Rejects. Um, I think she's still hot, if you ask me. Um, what else? Uh, it's a silly movie. It's, 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 uh, it's not scary. It's very formulaic. Richard Lynch is clear. I mean, even down to the burn makeup, he's doing a very um, monotone version of Freddy Krueger, is what I can say, without the claws and uh, kind of without any of the gimmicks 
really. But uh, if you can get past all that, it's not a bad show. It's very 80s. Um, what else? Todd and the Book of Pure Evil. Mr. Hardy, I actually own not one, but two Todd and the Book of Pure Evil t-shirts. One of them is a Crowley High uh, high school shirt, and the other one is just a shirt that says Atticus Knows Best or something like that. Atticus was the uh, dipshit uh, high, high school guidance counselor. And I don't know where you're at in the series, but later on you find out he's into some nefarious things. But uh, I love that show. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, I watched it with my kids. I love the three stoner dudes that hang out outside of the uh, high school all the time. (laughs) Yeah, get it together, loser. (laughs) If you haven't seen it, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But still, I thought it was hilarious. I'm glad you're enjoying it there, Tom Hardy. That is all we have on the listener mail, my friends. Thank you very much, uh, Tim, Alan, Tom Hardy. It's time for me to get into a movie, amigos. Let's get it going. During the spookiest time of the year, there are a few guidelines all ghosts and goblins should follow. Always stay on sidewalks. Never go to a stranger's house. And never go out alone. Respects to the dead. The Halloween school bus massacre. They started to protect us, but. Morning, guys. How are you doing down there? Hiding bodies? Nowadays, no one really cares. This one's the lit. talking about trick er or treat from 2007 not trick or treat trick er treat totally different movie trick r the letter r treat you've seen it you know it you probably love it if you don't i don't know what your fucking problem is but i'm gonna break it down for you anyway this is 
A lot of people will tell you that this is an anthology film. All right, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to disagree with you on that, those of you that think it is. And I'm going to tell you why. And if Jason Harrell were here, we'd be moving some furniture around this place because it's about to be a fist fight going down here in the padded room. Um, in my humble, In the humble opinion of this podcaster... Let me strike a blowhardy pose here while I wax poetic. The qualifying factor of a anthology film, to me, I'm just saying this is in my own opinion, to me, is a movie that is comprised of several short films. I.e., each one starts, stops, the next one starts, stops, the next one starts, stops, and so on and so forth. Possibly with some kind of a wraparound in between or some kind of a little, you know, um, overlying story about a kid locked in a fucking jail cell reading stories out of an old book. That's fine. But not in now. Okay, now here's what I'm saying. This film, while it does have several working elements and they are kind of all Tarantino together and shuffled and flubbled and spun around and we have interlinking characters and things like that, little callbacks to each one. Uh, We could, however, put together a congruent timeline as to what event took place when, and then what we would have is one working plot with various elements and characters and things like that, but it would still be one plot with a lot of different elements. So to that, I will tell you, this is not an anthology film. It is a uh, regular film, not an anthology. It's got one plot. It's a very intricate one with a lot of working parts, of course, but there is no start and stop to each each uh, component. You know what I'm saying? And which is, to me, the qualifying factor. Now, I'm not going to beat a dead horse here. I've already made this argument. I just want to put that out there. And by all means, fight me. You know what? The Padded Room 2000, or no, fuck, I almost gave you the wrong email. Um, mail at paddedroompodcast.com or the Mental Health Hotline, area code 775-387-0275. Now, on with the business at hand. Trick or treat. Ooh, daddy. So, with all these moving parts involved in this film, I'm going to tell you right now, inmates, I cannot do this one justice because we are hipping and hopping and flippity-flopping all over this plot line and jumping back and forth in between characters. I can't keep up. I could not. I love it, and watching it I can, but trying to break it down for you, I cannot keep up. So I'm just going to tell you what I remember. I'm sure I'm going to leave some elements out, but I'm going to do my best anyway. We start off with like a old-timey public service announcement about not trick-or-treating at strangers' houses and always sticking with adults. And if you can go trick-or-treating before the sun goes down, it's better that way because, you know, Halloween can be a dangerous night, but not if you observe certain safety guidelines like not wearing a mask that obstructs your vision and being careful around crossing the street and shit like that. Very nice. Then we're going to jump right into Halloween Town. We are in Warren Valley, Ohio, is where this film takes place. And I have to tell you, inmates, I did a little uh, a little Google search on Warren Valley, Ohio. It is actually a real place, and they do a big fucking Halloween parade every year. And I don't know why nobody has ventured there to be a part of the Warren Valley Halloween parade uh, in homage of Trick or Treat, or why they don't do some kind of a Trick or Treat themed montage or you know cosplay situation they should 
I, if I was the commissioner of Warren Valley, Ohio, I would be cashing checks with the horror dorks out there. Anyway, we start off, dude, this, this is what makes me jealous about, uh, these Halloween movies. Okay. This town, it appears to be a small town and they go absolutely bananas on Halloween. I love it. I love that about them. Big block parties, uh, big, uh, uh, marching bands and parades and shit. I love that. Where, where I got to get, I dude, we got to get to Warren Valley, Ohio for one Halloween. See what the fuck is really going on there. Now, the neighborhood that I live in turns into a pretty good block party uh, on Halloween, but it's done by like 9.30. You know what I'm saying? You take one lap around the block. Uh, I got to be honest with you. Every house that hands out candy also is handing out shots and beers and trulies. So I make it like three doors down from my house, and I'm ready to call it a fucking night, boys and girls. But anyway... Uh, 9.30, it's done. This fucking thing appears to go all night long, which I love that about them. Um, big party. We've got a couple coming home from the party. Uh, now the wife is a, being a bit of a, uh, a curmudgeon, a bit of a cunt face, if you will. She's like, oh God. Now they've got some very elaborate costumes. The, the wife is like a cardboard box robot and the husband is like some kind of a spaceman or something, some kind of space captain from the 40s he's got a zapper gun uh and she's whining and bitching about all the halloween decorations and how much she hates halloween dude if she hated halloween that much why did she go that far out on her decorations she's got like these these um ghost statues in the in the front yard she's got like eight or ten of them all the lights are up pumpkins out they went all out man Uh, this house did so good for them. I don't know why she's so pissed off at Halloween, but still putting that kind of effort in anyway. She's like, I'm taking all the decorations down because it's by the time we wake up, Halloween's going to be over. And the husband's like, no, 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 no. You can't you can't blow out the lights on the pumpkins because it's tradition. You have to leave them on all night. If not, then, you know, the, the spirits of the dead can come back and get you. This is the night when the uh, veil between the living and the dead is the weakest. So watch out for that. She's like, no, I'm doing it. Your mom's coming in the morning. She's going to be pissed off. And then the husband's like, well, I was going to go upstairs and, you know, I was going to try to fuck you tonight. And she's like, no, I'm tired and this is bullshit. And then he puts on like a pouty face and she tells him to go upstairs and quote unquote, put on the tape. We'll get to the tape here in a minute. I have to assume it was a VHS tape because this movie was made in 2007. It, it probably is. We'll get to that here in a minute. Uh, she then goes about blowing out all the candles and taking down the decorations by herself. Well done, husband, uh, you lazy sack of shit. And uh, from across the street, we see, we cut to slasher cam. Somebody's watching her. And then she's kind of getting creeped out a little bit. But the, like she's ready to call it a night. There's still kids trick-or-treating. So I got to assume it's at least 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. There's still kids out there trick-or-treating. I love that about them. Reno, Nevada, 9 o'clock. Lights are out. Everybody's at home in bed. Fuck that, man. Let's. I, I want an all-nighter Halloween situation. Anyway, uh, make a long story short. She's pulling the bed sheets off the mannequins, and then uh, something jumps out, freaks her out, and then like she like starts stabbing her with something. We can't really see. A couple of kids happen upon the scene. They're like, "Whoa, cool." cool uh, Halloween display, and then they just keep walking. The husband is upstairs. Uh, He hears her screaming, but we find out that the tape, quote-unquote, is actually a porno, and a pretty good one 
from from what I saw of it, we we do get to see a second or two of it. There is some uh, some bubbies there, and they are bouncing, and it looks very nice. But regardless, he thinks uh, all he's hearing is the screaming from the porno, so he just goes back to sleep, and then the wife gets butchered out in the front lawn, and uh, eventually he goes down there to investigate, and what he finds is that his wife has been butchered, beheaded, and dismembered. The head is now propped up on one of the uh, ghost mannequins. The body parts are now dangling from trees as if they were decorations. And he's like, oh, and then we cut to our intro, and that's how the movie begins. Now, from there, we are going to jump back and forth between about four different uh, storylines, all running in between each other. First, we're going to go to the local um, costume store, where we have one, two, three, four very hot young ladies, one of them played by Anna Paquin. Uh, trying on costumes and getting ready to go to a party. Now, it's Halloween night, ladies, and we are just now buying our costumes. You think we could have put a little more effort into this? Probably not. We'll get more into that. Um, They are going to a party. Anna Paquin is the little sister. They're they're all dressed up as Disney uh, princesses. You got Cinderella. You got Snow White. uh, You got another chick who I don't... um, I don't know. They're all screaming hot, and they're wearing low-cut items. It's that slutty version of Halloween. You know what I'm saying? That's why I like cosplay so much, because somehow the tits always come out. (laughs) Or enough cleavage to be uh, very exciting to me, if nothing else. Uh, Anyway, they're trying on the costumes, and they're talking about this party, and they keep telling Anna Paquin, who's like the little sister of Cinderella, uh, that it's her first time, and it's okay to be nervous. So... We're thinking off the top, she's going to go fuck somebody at the party, which good for her, she should. Um, You would think she would have like a boyfriend in mind or something, but apparently they're going to this party uh, unaccompanied, so they all need to find dates. Interesting. Uh, Eventually, Anna Paquin comes out of her changing room, and we find that she is ironically dressed as Little Red Riding Hood. More into the irony of that as the story goes on. Okay, now from there, we're going to cut to a fat kid. We have a big fat kid, and he's doing big fat kid things on Halloween, which, to put plainly, is going around stealing other kids' candies, uh, knocking over pumpkins, being a dickhead about it. You know, he's got—he's not even wearing a costume. He's wearing a shirt that says, "This is my costume." All right, fuck you, fatty. Come on, man. You could put some effort in here. You know what I'm saying? Um, he's the kid that goes to the house. There's a house that says. Uh, Hey, sorry we're not home. Take one candy from the bowl. And of course, this fat fuck has to take the entire bowl and dump it in his bag. Now, that's the bad news. The good news is that the owner of the house catches him doing it. And he's like, hey, 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 hey there, I know you. Uh, we find out that the owner of the house is actually the local school principal. Um, played by Dylan Baker, who's a very uptight-looking uh, uh, actor. You, you probably recognize him if you see him. He plays a lot of school teachers and school principals and things like that. Uh, he makes the fat kid sit down with him. He's like, go ahead, eat your candy. I'm just going to have a little talk with you, that's all. Uh, the fat kid is just going to town on the on the on all the candy that he just stole. And uh, Dylan Baker is explaining to him, you know, the, the origins of Halloween. This is the time of year when the... the Border between the living and the dead is at its thinnest, and traditionally we wore costumes because we didn't want our dead ancestors coming back to haunt us, so we try to confuse them by dressing like somebody else, and uh, we leave um, 
uh, treats and trinkets on the doorstep uh, so that when they do come, we, we can appease them, you know, and things like that. That's how the whole thing started. Um, now it's been so commercialized and bastardized and all this, that, but we need to get back to the roots of Halloween and, uh, which is great. You know, I get that. But while he's having this conversation with him, the fat kid just starts vomiting giant spews of chocolate. I, it looks very much like mouth diarrhea. If you ask me, it looks like poop. Uh, it's gross. And it's just, you know, a torrent of this coming out of his mouth one wave after the other. And, uh, Dylan, or, uh, yeah, Dylan Baker is seemingly unfazed by this. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, that'll, that'll happen too much candy. And then eventually the fat kid just collapses on the doorstep there. And, uh, Dylan's like, yeah, well, that's, uh, that's Halloween for you, you know? And then he drags the body inside. Okay. We got some nefarious things going on here. We're going to cut back to him in a second. Um, from there, now, here's something, well, I don't want to get into that yet, but there's something, there's an underlying theme uh, behind all of these stories, but we'll get back to that in a second here. Uh, now we're going to cut back to our four hot chicks. They're trying to find dates for their big party. They happen upon a news van. Now, if you're watching this movie carefully, and here's why, how and why you can put together one complete timeline of all the events, even with all the interlocking segments, because certain people will show up throughout the movie to link all this stuff together. So the, the, the hot chicks come out of the, the costume store, and they are, you know, oh, it's going to be your first time, but you're going to be fine. I know you're nervous. You just got to... And Cinderella is giving Red Riding Hood, you know, like a quick rundown. We find out that Cinderella is actually Red Riding Hood's older sister, uh, the two skanks they got with them are there also. And they're like, oh, I remember my first time. It's fine. Once you get started, it's no big deal. And she's like, oh, well, I know, but I guess I just got to do it and get it over with. Um, while they're walking down the street during this big parade slash block party, they run into the couple from the opening scene. They kind of like bump into them. They don't say hi or anything. But you see the giant uh, cardboard box robot and the spaceman walking down the street. So... Clearly, the events that are happening here took place before uh, those two went home and the robot got murdered, right? So again, there's our interlocking timeline. Now, uh, the the two skanks that are with them happen upon a news crew. So they're like, hey, boys, we're trying to get to this party and we don't have dates. Do you think you could be our dates and take us to the party? And they're like, yeah, ladies, come on, Sure. And uh, I should also mention that Cinderella picked up the doofus that worked at the costume store. He's going to meet her at the party. Uh, very exciting. We just need to find a date for Little Red Riding Hood, and we're ready to go. The chicks are getting up in the van, and uh, Red Riding Hood is like, you guys go ahead. I will find somebody here somewhere, and I will meet you at the party somehow. So they're like, okay, uh, don't do anything stupid, and then they go off in the van towards the party. Now... We're going to cut back to Dylan Baker and uh, the fat kid. He is on the point of burying the fat kid in, well, we assume a body of the fat kid in the backyard. So he's out there. He's got his hole pre-dug. We also notice that there's already a couple other bodies in the hole that is dug in his backyard. So that's interesting. We'll get more into that later. His next door neighbor comes out and starts yelling and screaming at the dog. And he's like, hey! What are you doing down there? What you got? You digging a hole? What are you burying bodies? 
And Dylan Baker's like, ah, no, uh, sorry, neighbor. Uh, we're having a bit of a septic tank problem here. And then the neighbor's like, oh, it smells like a dead whore over there. Get, get it together and keep your goddamn kid out of my lawn. He's like, okay. And then we meet Dylan Baker's kid, a very cute uh, little boy. Uh, looks a lot like my son, oddly enough. Daddy! I'm done trick-or-treating. I'm ready to carve the pumpkin now. And Dylan's like, okay, just shh, shh, be quiet. People are trying to sleep around here. Be quiet. He's yelling at him from the upstairs window, right? Upstairs window. Daddy, I'm ready for the blah, 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 blah. All right, just shut up, Bobby. I guess the kid's name is Bobby. Bobby, shut up. I'll be in in a second. Uh, he keeps yelling out the window for his dad, and his dad's like, shh, shh, shut up. Uh, in the meantime, the neighbor's dog is like burrowing under the fence. So Dylan, trying to get the dog the fuck out of there, chops one of the fingers off one of the dead bodies and throws it at the dog so the dog can eat it. All right, great. We're going to learn more about that, that kid and that dog here in a second. While the, the burial process is going on, Dylan Baker's doorbell rings and it's some trick-or-treaters. He runs up and gives them some candy. We're going to notice a pirate, a angel, I believe, in some kind of a, uh, I guess, an alien situation, it's uh, two chicks and a dude. So we have the, the young female uh, angel, who's like the blonde hair, blue eyes. We have the alien, who's another chick. She has uh, the braces with the wraparound headgear. Remember that shit? I had that once, but I never had to wear it to school. I only had to wear it when I was asleep, thank Christ. Which, by the way, trying to sleep with that fucking apparatus strapped to your head? No. It's not happening. You're not doing it. You might as well just uh, sit up and finish your homework or something because wearing that thing is miserable and sleep is not an option. And then we have a chunkier kid who's the pirate. Uh, They trick-or-treat. Hey, trick-or-treat. He gives them candy. And then the angel is like, "Uh, hey, Mr. Whatever, do you think we could have one of your pumpkins? It's for UNICEF. And he's like, yeah, sure. Get, Get the fuck out of here. I'm trying to do something. So they take one of the pumpkins and go walking down, walking off. We're going to catch up to these kids later on also. Uh, back to burying the body. Uh, that's what he's doing. He's, uh, he's got the bodies out there. Now we're going to kind of, uh, we're going to follow these kids for a minute or two. Why are they collecting pumpkins? They trick or treat a couple, three, four more houses. Uh, they ask everybody if they can have one of their pumpkins. At this point, they've got a shopping cart that they're pushing around full of pumpkins. Uh, probably five or six at this point. Excellent. What do they need all these pumpkins for? We're going to get more into that in a minute. Uh, they stop at one house, who is one of the local teachers, and she's half in the bag, uh, heavy set, older lady. Uh, I think she was having a swingers party or something. She's like, hey, kids, you want to come in for a drink? I won't say anything. The alien is like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> The angel's like, no, stop it. We're not doing that. He's like, oh, you party poopers. Everybody at that party was hammered, and I think they were all on the point of trying to fuck each other. That's the party I want to go to. Not that I necessarily want to have sex with anybody there, but I would. it would be fun uh, just to see the drunken attempts thereof, because I feel like <laughs> there'd be a lot of apologizing and um, spilt fluid and uh, more, uh, uh, probably making some excuses. Oh, sorry, honey. Shouldn't have had that last shot. You know, I was going to, wanted to fuck you, but I was clearly I'm drunk. 
<laughs> oh, revenge of the whiskey dick. Anyway, uh, they get their pumpkins. Then they go to um, another young lady's house and pick her up to go trick-or-treating. She has a wide array of pumpkins. Now, they keep calling her the quote-unquote retard girl. Apparently, retard was still an acceptable word in 2007. I think it's still an acceptable word, but whatever. I know that word wouldn't, wouldn't have been added, wouldn't have been in the script today. Uh, they pick, they grab her. They pick up another dude who's like a, the handsome uh, uh, athlete type, and he's like, "Hey, Angel, I got I got another pumpkin. We just need one more. Let's go pick up uh, Rachel. Rachel's the quote unquote retard girl. She comes out. She's dressed as a witch." And then we get our backstory as to what the fuck these guys are doing. But before we get to that, we're going to jump back to uh, Bobby and his dad carving the pumpkins. So basically, I know I'm glazing over a lot, and I'm probably losing track of things. Uh, They finally get down to the basement to carve the pumpkin, and we find out they're not carving pumpkins. They're actually carving severed heads, and uh, they're going to carve the fat kid's decapitated head into some kind of a pumpkin thing, and everybody gets all bloody. It's gross. But then Dad says, hey, um, I need you to go to bed. I've got a date tonight, so I need to go meet my date at the parade. And he's like, oh, Dad. And he's like, oh, i got to go do it, so I'm going to do it. All right, very cool. Now we're going to cut back to our trick-or-treating kids. We get the 411 on what's going on with their pumpkin uh, collecting spree. So they are going to... The, I guess there's a, a rock quarry somewhere in this town, and it's supposed to be haunted. And collecting pumpkins on Halloween night and taking them to the quarry is part of a uh, ritual, I guess, to summon the, the ghosts of the um, that haunt the rock quarry. Okay, we'll get more into that in a second. Now we're going to cut back to the Halloween parade. We've got a young lady there who is making out with a guy in a luchador mask. What appears to be a very elaborate luchador mask, and then uh, they're they're in a back alley, and he's got like a black cloak on, and they're uh, it looked to me like he was headed to second base. He's like kissing her neck, and you know, tonsil hockeying it up, and she's oh yeah, and then she looks down and she realizes her there's blood dripping down her neck, and then she looks and then it's dripping all like it's she's got a neck wound all of a sudden. On both sides of her neck, she's like, ah, what? And then our luchador friend backs up a second, and then we realize he has vampire fangs. So she's like, what are you doing? No. So she goes running out of the alley into the street, and he chases her for a minute or two. Uh, but everybody out there is all made up with, like, fake, uh, you know, costume wounds and shit like that. So she's running, help me, I'm bleeding. Uh-huh. Everybody thinks she's just part of the parade. And then our luchador friend shows up again and, like, slams her into a wall and goes down on her neck again and then just kind of props her her dead body up and leaves her there so apparently we have a rogue vampire luchador loose in the parade more into that in a minute from now we've got to jump back to our uh hotties our four hot chicks who are back at they're at their party now and um Little Red Riding Hood is still wandering around the, the, the block party trying to find a date for the other party. Apparently, the, the, the party that the four hotties went to is like out in the middle of the woods. And uh, it's, there's a big campfire and there's a bunch of drunk fuckers there. And there's a lot of hot chicks there. And they are all sluttied up for Halloween, baby. I love it. There's like a slutty cheerleader. Um, slu- I think there was a slutty nurse. 
It's like a slutty biker chick. And then we have our four Disney uh, slutties running around too. Love them. Uh, Cinderella calls Red Riding Hood. It's like, hey, there's a guy here. I think he wants to meet you. He's nice. And Red Riding Hood is like, nice, huh? That means he's fucking hideous. So fuck right off with that. I'll keep looking. I'll be there very soon, though. So have faith. And she's like, okay, be careful. And then uh, Red Riding Hood is kind of walking around. Now, if you watch this scene carefully, you'll notice our uh, vampire luchador looming in the background, kind of keeping an eye on Red Riding Hood. So there's that. Another tie in there. I don't know if this is before or after he killed uh, the chick in the uh, alleyway, though. Uh, So from there, we're going to cut back to our, our pumpkin collectors. There is now three, four, five of them, and they have all eight pumpkins. And they have made their way to the rock quarry. Uh, the quote-unquote retard girl does not appear to be retarded. I would say she's socially awkward, really, more than anything. And she's got some very thick glasses on. She's dressed as a witch. So we have the witch, the athlete, the angel, the alien, and the pirate. They get to the rock quarry. Uh, and this is where we kind of get our big story of what happened and how the go- how the place became haunted and all that shit. Big flashback sequence here. What we're gonna what we're gonna discover is that um, uh, like thirty years previous, uh, there was a bus driver who had a bus full of psycho kids. Uh, I think eight of them in total, and the parents of these psycho kids were just they they basically paid the bus driver to uh, chain the kids to the bus and then uh, stage a quote unquote bus accident. And kill all the psycho kids because the parents were tired of dealing with them. Uh, they were dangerous. They were, um, you know, they did, they they just wanted an easy out. So they paid the bus driver a lot of money. We're going to notice a few things during this uh, flashback. The bus driver is wearing a very distinct ring, and uh, so basically, we're gonna we're gonna come back to the ring here in a minute, but. Uh, the bus driver basically uh, chained all the kids to, well, I think they were restrained because they were all psycho. The, the psycho kids in the flashback had the creepiest fucking costumes ever. It was all like paper mache stuff. And like one kid just had like a straight bag on his head with like some teeth. That's creepy. <laughs> I don't know. It struck me as creepy. Um, anyway, the bus driver uh, took him to the rock quarry, uh, gave him all candy which i think was laced with sedatives and then basically just sent the bus over the rock quarry into the or over the cliff into the rock quarry which is now filled with water of course and uh they were all chained to the bus so they all presumably drowned and now the the restless spirits thereof is haunting the quarry so flashback sequence pretty kick-ass um we notice we see a the the bus driver climb out and uh, Angel says that the bus driver was never seen or heard from again. But as we see him climb out of the quarry, out of the water, we notice he has some very distinct uh, scars on his face. So it's pretty easy to figure out where they came from. Now, we're going to cut to present day, where uh, the the kids are there. It's Halloween night. They've got to ride this like industrial elevator down to the bottom of the quarry, but it'll only carry three people at a time. So, Angel, Athlete, and Alien get in with like three with three pumpkins, and they're all lit. Uh, they get in, they they ride the elevator all the way down, leaving Pirate and Witch up top. Okay, very cool. Uh, Pirate and Witch get in uh, as the elevator is going down the cliff. 
Pirate gets starts getting very nervous, and they're they're looking out of the elevator down, and they can see the three pumpkins from Alien, uh, Angel, and Athlete, and they're all lit, and uh, you see them kind of bobbing around, and then one by one, they all go out, and the three kids that are already down there start screaming and freaking out. Very scary stuff. Pirate is have, about to take a dump in his pants, which is actually being a cool customer. So the elevator touches down at the bottom, and she's trying to console Pirate. He's like, she's like hey, you just stay here. Uh, keep your fucking pumpkin lit. It will protect you. I'm going to go see if I can help those other three chuckleheads. So she goes out there, traipsing through the dark. She, and first thing she sees is the wreckage of the bus, which is sticking straight up out of the water. Um, she's like, oh, what the fucking shit. And then she starts hearing, uh, wolves howling in the distance. She's like, that sounded like fucking werewolves. Um, starts looking around. It's all foggy down there. And then she's like, uh, dudes, where you at? And then she's just like the, the mask that they were wearing are floating in the water. So she's like, oh shit. Uh, and then she starts hearing pirate screaming and freaking out. So she hauls ass back to the elevator where she sees pirate is like with his guts hanging out. So she's thinking, uh, he's dead. And then these zombie kids start popping out of the ground and chasing her. So she's like, fuck this. I'm out and I'm scared. She gets her glasses knocked off. Now she can't see anything. She, uh, like stumbles and then hits her head on a rock. She's officially freaked right out. And that's when we find out that these fucking asshole kids set this whole thing up as an elaborate prank to scare the piss out of which, which they did and caused her probably a concussion since she wrecked her glasses. So athlete, who is actually, I think, quietly into the witch girl, is like, dudes, 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 let's all just chill out, all right? We had our fun. She's scared shitless. Let's call it a night. Pack everything up. They're like, oh, okay. So they start packing up all their special effects and all that shit <laughs> and uh, making their way back to the elevator. And they're like, um, all of a sudden, the other three kids, alien, uh, pirate, and... Uh, Angel, like, starts screaming, oh, shit, what's going on? We got to get the fuck out of here. We got to. So they go running back to uh, Pirate and Witch, and Pi- or uh, Athlete and Witch, and Athlete's like, okay, jackass, you, you already did it once. Let's give it a rest. No, no, we have to go. We have to go. But then we see, like, the actual ghost kids of the psycho kids coming out of the mist. Um, uh, while uh, uh, Athlete, Pirate, uh, Alien, and Angel are trying to figure out what's going on, uh, which just quietly uh, crawls her way back into the elevator, locks the door, and hits the up button. No, wait, 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 you got to wait for us. I say, fuck them. They tried to set you up. They, fu- they fucked them. No, fuck them. And that's exactly what she says. She quietly rides the elevator back up, gets out, and marches her way uh, back home. Well done, young uh, autistic witch girl. Well done indeed, I say. Uh, let's see, from there, we're going to cut back to um, our uh, our Disney princess party, all right? Um, Red Riding Hood is making her way there. She still doesn't have a fucking date. And because this fucking party is out in the middle of the goddamn woods, it's pretty cool the way they, they did it. So there's apparently a trail that goes to the party spot, and they lit it with pumpkins along the way, which is pretty dope. So she's just walking by herself now, ironically, in a Red Riding Hood uh, costume, and pretty soon she starts hearing the the like the footsteps behind her and the creaks. She's like, hey, what the fuck? Hey, what's going on over there? Finally, she just turns around, and she's like, all right, fucker, I know you're following me. I don't know who you are, but I don't fucking, you know what? Fuck yourself. Uh, 
and then we see our masked vampire luchador spring out from the shadows and like pin her up against the the a tree and he's like ah i gotcha now we're gonna cut back to the party proper where uh cinderella and uh the rest of the disney princesses are worried and they keep calling red riding hood's phone and she's not answering so like, oh god you know she's fucking what, what what is she doing did she find a date i don't know it's getting late i'm getting worried let me call mom uh oddly enough looking around this party at this point if you're paying attention You'll notice there's no dudes there. It's just chicks. There were dudes there earlier. The news crew was there. Um, the quote-unquote nice guy in the, the baby diaper, He's he was there. Not anymore. Um, out of nowhere, a body falls out of the trees, and it's wrapped in uh, Little Red Riding Hood's red cloak. It just kapunk right down. So uh, everybody's like, oh, shit, it's Red Riding Hood. What the hell happened? So they run over there and open the pull the hood back on the body, and fuck me if it's not Dylan Baker, our uh, our uh, fat kid killing pumpkin carving uh, school principal. So what the hell happened there? I don't know. Uh, all of a sudden, uh, Little Red Riding Hood minus the cloak comes walking out of the trees, and she's like. It took me a while, but I found one. I'm still really nervous. I don't know what to do. And this is where we get the big reveal, my friends. You all knew this already. Um, all the hot chicks at this weird uh, bonfire woods party are actually werewolves. How about that shit? And we get a very sexual werewolf transformation. I dig it. I think these are probably the hottest female werewolves ever. Uh, the transformation, I thought, was a bit lackluster. They basically just peel their skin off, their human skin off, uh, as if it were, like, um, I don't know, a cheap bodysuit, and then they're, you know, full-on lycanthropes. But Anna Paquin's character, Red Riding Hood, she stays in, like, a hominid state, where she's still basically human, but she's got, like, the... Um, like these crazy wolf eyes and she's kind of, she's got more of a vampire kind of a look to her, but like, she's like, I'm a little, be gentle. It's my first time. She's about to eat this fucking asshole. And we find out also that, uh, his, uh, vampire teeth were actually, uh, I don't know, dentures or whatever. She did. They just pop them out. So yeah, fuck right off. Now from there, we're going to cut to our last piece of this puzzle which is Dylan Baker's next door neighbor played by Brian Cox. Okay. So Brian Cox, the kids are trick or treating and we're actually going to cut to some other kids. Uh, cl- three clown kids dressed up like clowns. They go to his house and then they go to Dylan Baker's house, which kind of ties in because we see like a, uh, uh, one of the bodies that was in the, the body pit in Dylan Baker's backyard had like a clown outfit on. But, uh, when they, they trick or treat on Brian Cox's house, like the door creepily swings open and it's just darkness. And then we get like a, a bestial growl and then two glowing eyes. And then his little, uh, Pomeranian comes prancing out and it's got like a fucking light helmet on and a voice modulator or something. (laughs) I mean, that's kind of in the Halloween spirit, right? You're not giving the kids candy, but you are scaring the piss out of them, and that kind of fits in. Anyway, uh, there's no pumpkins. There's no nothing outside of Brian Cox's house, so the lights aren't even on. I don't know why these kids are trick-or-treating there anyway, but um, right across the street from there, we see our uh, 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 cardboard box robot and space guy coming home after the, uh, the big parade, 
and we see uh, a little guy kind of following him. And then the the little guy, uh, so this is one of our main characters, Sam. Uh, I think he's supposed to be like an embodiment of Halloween, and he's there to reestablish like the Halloween feel and vibe or something like that. I can't say for sure, but uh, he regards uh, Brian Cox, and Brian Cox looks at him, and then Brian Cox goes back inside. Then there's another knock on the door. He's like, God damn kids, and he opens the door, and there's thousands of pumpkins in his yard all of a sudden. And they're all carved, and they're all lit up. He's like, God what the fuck? And he closes the door again. And then what we get from there is a very cat and mousey uh, home invasion sequence, which interlocks with the segment we saw earlier where Dylan Baker was burying the fat kid in the backyard and Brian Cox goes out there and yells at him, which is very cool. Uh, make a long story short, uh, Sam kicks the shit out of Brian Cox. Brian Cox shoots Sam with a, actually dismembers him with a shotgun, which I thought was kind of cool. Shoots him in the chest, shoots him again in the head, reloads the shotgun, blows both of his arms off. And you're thinking, okay, well, eventually he gets the mask off of Sam. And by mask, I mean burlap sack with a couple of buttons sewn onto it. We get to see Sam's actual face, which is somewhere in between a pumpkin and a skull. And that's, and, and kind of had like a, the shape of it is very alien slash gray, like a you know had like a weird turnip shape to it, I guess. Um, but very scary. And then this is the best part: Sam just kind of puts himself back together. He sits down for a minute. He's like, "Oh fuck, I just got shot thirty-five times with a double barrel." And then like his parts just kind of start putting themselves back together. And then he uh, continues to kick the shit out of Brian Cox. And then he eventually stabs him with his little. Uh, sharpened uh, sucker thing. <coughs> but instead of killing Brian Cox, um, he stabs a candy bar that was in Brian Cox's pocket and he eats it and then he's like, oh, okay, here's my treat and now we're good. So he just leaves after that. Now, a couple of things about this segment before I move on. Number one, before any of the shit started, Brian Cox was on the point of burning pictures in his fireplace, which is a weird thing to do, but... It'll make sense in a minute. Also, we're going to notice that Brian Cox is wearing a very distinct ring. And he also has some very distinct facial scars. You guessed it, inmates. Brian Cox is the bus driver that started all the shit 30 years ago with the psycho, that basically killed all the psycho kids. So, after um, Sam kicks the shit out of Brian Cox, which he does, he then. Uh, leaves and then Brian Cox is now full on tricker into trick or treat mode so kids are coming up and he's giving them candy shitty candy like breath mints though cuz i think that's all he had but then uh right before the movie ends there's a knock at Brian Cox's door he's now all bandaged up after the beating he took he opens the door and it's the dead psycho kids from the bottom of the quarry they're back and they're ready for revenge and that my friends is the end of your movie trick or treat from 2007 Oh, excuse me. Man, I'm burning some calories trying to explain this one. Great show. I did not do it justice at all. I'm going to tell you right now. A lot to love about this movie. If I had to pick a favorite segment, obviously it's going to be the hot werewolf chicks because, you know, I could probably snap one off to Anna Paquin. And there is some boobs during the transformation. Um... I think the best part about this movie is the overall aesthetic 
of Halloween night and the big to-do there in uh, Warren Valley, Ohio. Again, it makes me jealous because as much of a block party as my neighborhood turns into on Halloween, 9.30, 10 o'clock tops, it's done. It's over. Even if it's on a Saturday night, you know. The kids are all in bed by then. Uh, people are shutting down the uh, the decorations and stuff. The only good news is that uh, here in my neighborhood, the decorations start going up like late August. And uh, I get yelled at by my wife if I try to do it. But other houses... They don't give a shit, man. I love it. I love that about them. Um, I love this movie also. Um, again, I would say it's not an anthology. People are going to fight me for that. That's fine. I'll take an ass kick, and I, stay, I, I stand by it. I don't think it's an anthology. Uh, still a great show, no matter how you look at it. Um, yeah, check it out, inmates. I have the, uh, the Blu-ray. I know most of you guys do. If not, it's streaming everywhere. I know it's on Tubi for sure. Um, I think Shutter probably it's it's out there, dude. You can find it. Check it out if you haven't seen it. I got to take myself a little break, and I will come back with some other stuff. Oh, no. 
inmates. If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I am back, ladies and gentlemen. That was it. That was the end of Terra Dome Month here in the Padded Room. What are we doing next month, you're wondering? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is July. It is the dog days of summer. I kind of feel like going to the beach. We're going to do a month of beach set horror films. You're going to love it, I think. I think you're going to love it. There's some good beach movies and there's some bad beach movies. We're going to do a whole month of horror films in, on, or around beaches. You beaches. <laughs> All right, I think it's time we got into a little meat hook action. How say you? Three on a meat hook. This week's meat hook. Top three werewolf movies. I'm going to do mine first. Jason did send his in. Uh, Let's see, what do we have here? Number three for me is uh, more of a sentimental uh, kind of film for me. It's it's, a... it's not one of the... It's, I think it's probably more of a romance than anything else. I'm talking about uh, Wolf from 1996, starring Jack Nicholson and Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, I won't bore you with my history with this particular uh, movie, but I think it's a bit under underrated as a just a good movie. Yes, Jack Nicholson turns into a wolf. Not necessarily in the way that we would like him to, but he does still go full wolf. Um, James Spader in there, basically playing the same character that James Spader always plays. Um, What else you got in there? You got uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, screaming hot Michelle Pfeiffer as a werewolf, right? A lot of good stuff in there. The aesthetic of it is, is really something. Um, there's a lot of subtle little nods that you may or may not have noticed. The amount of, here's something to think about if you've never seen this movie, but if you notice the interior shots of anybody's house or apartment or anything, there's a lot of stripes involved and that was there, that was put there to signify Jack Nicholson being in a cage, like a, like a caged animal. Then as the movie goes on and he goes further into being a wolf, those stripes start tapering off and you don't see him anymore. Then towards the end, there's no more stripes and he's just out in the woods like the animal is loose. So there's a lot of other things like that going on in that movie. Um, my number three, Wolf. My number two, Dog Soldiers. Um, more of a siege film, I'd say. Uh, I love the werewolves in this. I love the the uh, I guess the um, the wolf pack versus British SIS element. You know, um, you have this elite British military unit uh, out in the woods doing training ops. Happen upon one werewolf, which then of course summons many more. In turns, a couple of these dudes into werewolves, and now we're fighting for our lives. 
against a pack of werewolves. And we don't know where they're coming from. We're out in the middle of fucking nowhere, dude. You know what I'm saying? You're in there. You're in their home turf. You're in the middle of the woods. Not much you can do. It doesn't matter. You're going to run out of ammo eventually. You can shoot all you want. But I don't think you got any silver bullets. You try to make some out of the uh, the poor lady's silverware whose cabin you just overtook. It's a great show. I'm sure you've seen it. It's um, it's 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 a good balance between um horror action and a little. There's a, a couple light dustings of comedy in there too. It's a solid balance. Speaking of solid balances, that's going to bring me to my number one, which is probably going to be a lot of your number ones also. Talking, of course, about American Werewolf in London. Hands down, bar none, if Jason was here, we'd be fighting for a second time tonight. Hands down, bar none, the best werewolf transformation you're going to find. Uh, Practical or digital effects. Um, A great balance of horror and comedy, which is kind of John Landis's gig. Um, I don't think you're going to find it, but dude, romance, sure, comedy, okay, weird shit going on with Griffin Dunn and Nazi werewolves attacking during nightmare sequences, but when you get down to the meat and potatoes of this movie, the wolf itself, when David goes full on werewolf and you actually get to see it as it's ravaging Piccadilly Circus, dude, that thing, it doesn't look like a wolf, it doesn't look like a man, it doesn't necessarily look like a cross between wolf and man. What you have is a very canine-looking gorilla, which to me is absurdly frightening. Like, the way it's throwing cars around. Dude, this thing will fucking fuck some shit up, and it does, by the way. Uh, like, even the, the point-of-view shots of the, uh, the subway when he's chasing down the businessman. Oh, dude. I know, I'm going to blow a werewolfy load all over myself if I don't stop talking about it. It's obvious. Number one, American Werewolf in London. I think that'll be a lot of yours also. Let's see what Jason Harrell says about his three on a meat hook, werewolf movies. Number three, a newer film called Eight for Silver. This is a pretty good show. Um, it's it, So, some fucking shit happened, and uh, it basically got was, was due to be released over COVID, but then it got rebranded. Now it's called The Cursed. Uh, still a great show. You're going to love it. Um, a lot going on here. It's a werewolf movie at heart, but there's a lot of torturous elements and folk horror things happening. And it just gets... It's if you, I don't want to ruin it if you haven't seen it, but it's very involved. It's like two and a half hours. But it's very involved. A lot of family drama. A lot of medieval things happening. I don't want to... I don't want to you know, wreck it for you, but you're definitely going to watch it. Be advised, though, it's called The Cursed, not just Cursed. Cursed is that horseshit one with Christina Ricci and uh, Jesse Eisenberg. That's pretty dumb. That's a pretty dumb movie, and it's a shitty werewolf movie. Uh, Number two, Silver Bullet. I could have swore he was just in here uh, lamenting how dumb the werewolf looked in that movie. Am I wrong? Did he, was he not in here a couple weeks ago talking about how stupid that werewolf was? I'm not mad at the movie itself because all in all, it's a good show. He's right, though. That is a very silly looking werewolf, um, especially when it's got like the eye patch on and all that shit. <laughs> ah, you silly. Number one, the howling. Now, here's the thing you got to know about Jason Harrell. He refuses to like uh, American Werewolf in London. 
His bias for that is based solely on the comedic, uh, you know, elements of the movie. He doesn't like horror comedy or comedies in horror movies or anything like that, really. Um, I like The Howling. I like it just fine. I wouldn't put it in my top three. Uh, The reason for that is because... There's some very silly things going on there. Let's be let's be honest. I think it would have been a lot better if they had stuck to the formula that Joe Dante had originally designed the movie for, which is to say it's a mur- it was supposed to be uh like a slasher movie and you you weren't supposed to get the reveal that he's a werewolf until like the last 8 minutes of the movie when you get that big transformation. Transformation in the Howling, not bad either. It's not that bad. It's I mean there's a lot of um it's not as good. I'll be honest. It's it's still pretty good, but it's not as good as American Werewolf in London. But uh, that I think that original formula would have been much better than what we got with the Howling. Um, for some reason, to me, one werewolf by himself is much scarier to me than a whole colony of werewolves. Well, that's which is what we got in the Howling. You know, if you're dealing with that many werewolves, you're going to be dead in no time. So there's nothing to worry about. But if you got it's just one. You got, might have a chance, and that's actually more frightening to me, because then you can. There's actually a point to try to run away. Whereas if you're stuck on an island with them, you're fucked. So fuck. There, there you go. Uh, okay, that was Joe. I would love to know what your uh, top three werewolf movies are, inmates. Uh, PaddedRoomPodcast.com. Click the three on a meat hook link. You can uh, let us know there, or you can email us mail at PaddedRoomPodcast.com. Let us know what your top three is. Or you can call in Mental Health Hotline, area code 775-387-0275. In the meantime, it's that time. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not going to hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to bash your brains. I'm going to bash them right the fuck in. Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotionless face, the blackest eyes, the devil's To the Terradome. First, last week, last week's winners. Singles competition. We had Dr. Giggles versus uh, American Mary. Mary Mason woke to find herself strapped to her own operating table. Headache, nausea, disorientation, and body aches. She knew the symptoms and knew immediately that she, what, that she was coming off of sedation. What she didn't know was why. The bone saw a buzz to life somewhere in the room. She tried to get up, but found herself restrained. Then the giggling started. 
With a vote of 6-5, to five, Dr. Giggles advances over American Mary. I don't agree with that myself. I think American Mary is much smarter than Dr. Giggles and could find a way. But he does have, yeah, he, uh, Tim was right, he does have a size advantage. So, I mean, in an open like fist fight, I think maybe, but whatever. Well, however, however you want to look at it. Uh, let's take a look at this week's matchup. We are in the Asylum Conference Round 4. As usual, inmates, bear with me, I'm not much of a writer. And I'm still coming off of that little cough thing I had. The spirit of Halloween is worldwide. Cooling temperatures, falling leaves, creepy decorations, and the weakening of the veil between the living and the dead. The spirit is there even when the environment is not. Nothing much changes in Santa Carla. The weather is always warm, the beach is always there, and the boardwalk is always open. David had seen countless Halloweens on the California coast, and to him it was just another night to hunt. Kids would go missing, they always did in Santa Carla, just another night. Sam had manifested to remind Santa Carla what Halloween was, a night for costumes and trick-or-treating. Children were being kept home this year due to the disappearances. Sam couldn't allow that. He had to find the source and destroy it. He had to return Halloween to Santa Carla. Singles competition, we have David from the Lost Boys versus Sam from Trick or Treat. Uh, this is a very silly matchup. <laughs> I think I think I got to go with Sam on this. I feel like he's got more supernatural. He's got the endurance, obviously. He can put himself back together after dismemberment. So that's something to think about. David clearly cannot. He gets stabbed in the heart and he's done. Sunlight will kill him. We don't know that any of that shit would, would bother Sam at all, really. I, but the only thing is, we don't know if he can exist outside of Halloween night either. And since this is only one movie, we'll never know for sure. I'm going to go with Sam on this one. For the uh, reasons I just mentioned, get me your vote by next week if you can, inmates. Mental Health Hotline, again, is area code 775-387-0275. Or the email, just go to paddedroompodcast.com, click the Contact Us. Or if you want to be some kind of a dick about it, you can go to, you can just email, me, email us, mail at paddedroompodcast.com and do it that way. How, whatever you want to do. I'm sorry I called you a dick. I'm sure you're a wonderful person. Uh, but now it's time for me to tell you what movies I got to watch this week in a little segment called, what are you looking at? You dick. (laughs) What are you looking at? Evil Dead Rise from 2023 just hit max streaming. This is a bad motherfucker, man. And I mean that in the best possible way. It's everything you want from an Evil Dead movie, right? Um, fucking gore by the bucketfuls. A lot of uh, wildly... In a, I mean, <laughs> the verbal abuse alone that comes out of the Deadites... That, that volumes could be written about that, and that is wildly offensive and um, <laughs> it's hurtful, man. It's just mean, is what it is. But uh, it, I, it's a great show. I was a little nervous going into it because you're removing Evil Dead from the trademark cabin in the woods. Uh, explain to me how that's a good idea. 
I don't think I, I honestly I still don't think it is, but I think they did it well. Uh, they managed to recreate the isolation of the cabin in the woods in this high-rise apartment building in Los Angeles, um, and they didn't they didn't skip on anything that we have come to know, love, and expect from the Evil Dead franchise. So I give this one two thumbs up. Um, the only the only real complaint I have about it. Is that uh, well? I don't. You know what? I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm sure a lot of you guys haven't seen this yet. Um, they kind of tweaked a few things with the lore, and I don't know. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't want to give too much away about it. But there's a few minor details uh, that just are a little fucking fruity to me. And uh, I think there's something that was meant to tie various elements together from pre- previous films but I can't say for sure I don't I I'm I can't get into this without ruining the movie so I don't want to do that maybe eventually clearly we're going to have to you know give that one the official run through but at that point I will you know what you guys know how to get a hold of me if you know what I'm talking about hit me up I will discuss it with you at length but until then I I'm, I'm just going to say I don't know if I like that shit the rest of the movie absolutely awesome uh, what else did I watch? I, if I give Evil Dead uh, Rise two thumbs up, I'm going to give this next movie two thumbs down. It's Slayers from 2022. Uh, this is some bullshit. Uh, Thomas Jane as a vampire hunter. And uh, I love Thomas Jane. I think he's a great actor. Uh, they did they did some weird shit with him. And I don't know if I approve. Uh, this is a bad movie from the word go. Abigail Breslin in this one. Um, it's very social media minded. So like we have this group of influencers, if you want to call them that, and they get invited to this millionaire thing and it turns out vampires are involved. Vampires are very hokey. There's a lot of like YouTube-esque jump cuts and oh, like and subscribe and all that horse shit. Call me old fashioned. That shit kind of pisses me off, especially when I'm trying to watch a horror movie. I'm not going to like and subscribe your horror movie. I can't. It's a fucking movie. It's not an actual YouTube channel. Um, I, 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 that, that whole shit just kind of took me out of the movie. On top of that, it was very stupid. The entire premise behind it is, let's just say it wasn't for me. And it was. it's not really a horror film. It's more of a comedy. So it, it, maybe if I was like 20 years younger, I would understand more of it. But I was not. I am not. And I was not when I watched it, so no and no. <laughs> That's all I'm looking at this weekend, mates. How about some uh, immersion therapy, sir or ma'am? Immersion therapy. Did anybody else get a chance to check out Habit from 1995, uh, starring uh, Larry Fessenden and Meredith Snayden? Um, I like this movie a lot. I thought it was a great show. There's a number of reasons why. Uh, number one, is she a vampire? We never really get a real answer. Number two, is he an alcoholic? Seems pretty self-evident, but that might be playing into his perception of her as a vampire. Number three... Uh, what the fuck is that smoking hot chick doing 
with a even a young Larry Fessen. Larry Fessenden was never attractive, I don't think. Was he, ladies? Am I missing something here? He's like, uh, I don't know, 25 in this movie. And he still looks like he uh, just got out of rehab. You know, he's got the missing tooth, uh, the crazy hair, could lose a pound or two, even in this movie. What is she doing with him? And if he is the alcoholic, even still, what is she doing with him? He looks like he got hit by a car and he's got a drinking problem. So if you're a smoking hot vampire, why are you wasting time with the uh, the the alky bartender? I don't get it. But regardless, I still like this movie a lot. Um, I like the ambiguity of it because we, we never really get an answer on anything. Um, I like the um, that the 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 mid early to mid nineties New York gritty grimy vibe of it. You know, I don't know what this movie was shot on. I think either Super Eight or some kind of low grade film, but it adds to the aesthetic of just what a dingy fucking place this whole. The whole city was at that time. I think there are, I'm sure there are still parts of it that are just as gross today. But um, at that point in time, the whole shit was just nasty. Um, so I, I like that about it. I like the movie. I've seen it a couple of times. I'll probably break down and find myself a Blu-ray situation. But uh, good, good stuff. I rather enjoyed it. What is your immersion therapy for this week, you ask? It is going to be Evil Dead Trap from 1988. This is a Japanese film. You can find it subtitled on Shudder. Stars a bunch of people whose names I'm not going to butcher. And uh, yeah, I'm going to advise you right now, inmates, this has nothing to do with Evil Dead. And uh, to be honest with you, I've seen it. I don't know why it's called Evil Dead Trap, um, except that be prepared for a lot of rape because it's most definitely going down in this movie. And it's in a weird Japanese fashion. So get ready for weird rape, you know, with possibly some foreign implements and things like that. I don't want to ruin it for you, but check it out, inmates. I will do the same, and we can compare notes next week. But now it is time for you to educate me. Educating Miss Monica. First, my clues from last week. Uh, I am living in a post-zombie apocalypse where things are slowly returning back to normal. Uh, We've managed to round up all the zombies, and now we're working on domesticating them. So that's good. Um, I I got myself a pet zombie, and uh, I think my neighbor... The horny old lady wants to fuck it, which is weird. I'm teaching it how to do tricks and bring me coffee in the morning. That's good times. I am, of course, Fido. If you haven't seen this movie, it's worth a watch. If nothing else, just to fucking scratch your head over, I guess, because it's it's a strange one. And naturally, you can't domesticate a zombie, and if you try, it's going to find a way to slip out of its explosive collar and go fuck some shit up. That's what happens when you try to do that stuff. Who might I be this week, you ask? Well, I am a shady network executive and a bit of a scumbag, to be honest with you. And uh, my job is promoting my network and, uh, you know, finding new uh, programming for it. But more to the point, 
I, I've got to push the envelope. You know what I'm saying? I got to find like extreme content to put on my network. It's the only way I'm going to survive. In doing so, I stumbled upon this bananas religious video cult. And uh, they made me watch a bunch of weird videotapes. And now I feel like I'm living in a different world. When I'm not doing that, I'm having sex with a uh, young lady that I met that likes me to tie her up and cut her with razors. So I got that going for me too. Who might I be? Tune in next week and I will drop some knowledge on you inmates. In the meantime, I'm afraid that's going to about do it for me tonight. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Like, comment, subscribe wherever you heard this show. That helps the visibility quite a bit. Find out anything you need to know about me, any of my co-hosts, or the constituent programs here in the Padded Room Network. PaddedRoomPodcast.com You can also do your Terra Dome voting there. Um, Other stuff. Uh, we do have a Patreon campaign running. You can find a link to it there. Uh, different reward tiers. Every Everything you need to know about us. Just go to paddedroompodcast.com. Answer all the questions you have. Vote on the fucking Terradome. Post pictures of me uh, that have been photoshopped onto porn stars and things of the like. It's fine. I'm good for it. I like it. I like it when people do that. Um, so, for Jason and Absentia, buddy with pink eye. <laughs> Uh, Japanese rape situations, which are weird and kind of humorous at times. Um, horror at the beach, which is where we're going next month. Oh yeah. Uh, join me next week, next month, next week, next weekend, next month for a beach house starting off beach month in the padded room. You're going to love it. Bring your shorts and the kids and some of those floaty things that you lay on. Um, what else? Uh, oh, uh, five nights at Freddy's movies that we're finally getting. And the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over.